0: We'll take our text this morning from one verse out of our scripture reading. I'll read part of Matthew 27, verse 22. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Pilate, no doubt, was probably not aware of the fact that he asked the most piercing question in all of human history what shall I do with Jesus which is called Christ you know there are questions in life that we should avoid I was told early on you never ask a person their weight or their age and if they are brave enough to ask you to guess guess very very low it's safer that way I found an article of questions to avoid in an interview if you're applying for a job and sometimes as part of that process they will give you opportunity to ask questions these are questions you want to avoid what exactly does this company do how much vacation and sick time do i get and the last question you don't want to ask right up front is do you do background checks that can raise some suspicions sometimes. The Bible tells us there are certain questions we ought to avoid. 2 Timothy 2.23 says foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they gender strife. Certain questions. You've probably had conversations. People will try to engage you in a conversation, and they're bringing up controversial topics, and really all they want to do is argue and debate. Those kind of questions we want to avoid. But this question this morning that Pilate asked is unavoidable. And it is inescapable. You know, either you will crucify him or crown him, accept him or reject him, believe in him or deny him, yield or resist to the Lord. But one way, all of us will make a decision, one way or another... We're all going to answer that question. What shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? You may tell yourself this morning, well, I'm not going to decide. Well, not to decide is decide not to decide. You've already made a decision concerning Christ. By default, you've rejected and crucified the Lord. You know, at this time, Jesus was before Pilate to be judged. The day will come when Pilate will stand before Jesus to be judged. And I guess in a sense you could say, really, Pilate represents each of us. As Jesus was before Pilate, Jesus is before each of us. You know, Pilate had Jesus on his hands. We have Jesus on our hands. Pilate would render a decision that day that would affect him for all of eternity, we're going to do the same. We're going to make a choice. You know, there's four parts to this question. It is a present question. It is a personal question. It's a pertinent question. And it is a pressing question. It's present. Every one of us will have to answer this question. You're going to answer it today. Every one of you, one way or another, you will answer that question. Crown him or crucify him, the choice is yours, but you'll answer that question. It's a personal question. It wasn't not what will someone else do with Jesus, but what shall I do with Christ? It's pertinent. Our eternal destiny will be decided on how we answer this question. And it's pressing. We will answer one way or another. It is inescapable, unavoidable. We can't remain neutral. That's not an option. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? You know, we can consider the tragic decision that Pilate made this day when he was faced with this question. You know, God's Word gives us all kinds of examples. Some are good. Some are given as a warning. Well, we can take Pilate's example as a warning and see the tragic choices he made. You know, he had to ignore some very powerful voices that day. Pilate had to ignore the voice of reason. Pilate knew Jesus was an innocent man. He knew Christ had gone through this kangaroo court, had been brought up on false charges, uh, knew that Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. It tells us in Matthew twenty-seven eighteen, he said he knew that for envy, They had delivered him to be crucified. Pilate knew Jesus was an innocent man. Reason told him that Jesus was innocent. When they cried out to be crucified, Pilate said, Why? What evil hath he done? In Luke 23, it tells us that Pilate found no fault in Jesus regarding the things he was being accused of. Nothing in him that was worthy of death. Reason told Pilate that if he were to crucify Christ... He would, in fact, be crucifying an innocent man, and he knew this. Sadly, Pilate allowed other competing voices to drown out that voice of reason. Mark 15, 15 says, So Pilate, willing to content the crowd, delivered Jesus to be crucified. You know, another example of somebody who ignored the voice of reason, we read about in Acts chapter 24, verse 25, tells us this and as he reasoned of righteousness temperance and judgment to come Felix trembled and answered go thy way for this time when i have a convenient season i will call for thee interesting Felix was also a governor just like pilate just like pilate Felix faced the same question what will i do with jesus he had heard the testimony of Christ, of Paul concerning Christ, and he had shared his testimony, and it says, as he considered these things, he reasoned and he trembled. The Spirit of the Lord was speaking to his heart, yet sadly, he ignored that voice. We don't read anywhere in God's Word where he had another opportunity to receive the Lord. You know, the Lord extends a wonderful invitation, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. This is the Lord speaking. He says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. You know, the most reasonable, logical thing we can do when the Lord begins to do with us about our sin, about our standing, about our relationship with the Lord is to listen to that voice of reason. I often think of my grandpa Marvin's testimony, grew up on a farm in Mississippi, self-sufficient, independent, thought he was doing really well for himself until they dropped a bomb on Pearl Harbor. And he said, from that point, he became overcome with fear. And for about three days, he was there on the farm and just telling the Lord how frightened he was to die. He wasn't afraid to serve his country, but dying was another story. He knew somehow that he wouldn't be ready. If he were to die. And he said, finally, the Lord just spoke to him. And he said, what are you going to do about those old sins? See, God began to reason with him. Well, he said, Lord, if you'll help me, I'll quit him. I'll forsake him. I won't do him anymore. And God came in, saved him, cleaned him up, gave him a peace down in his heart. He listened to that voice of reason. You know, another voice that Pilate ignored that day was the voice of a loved one. Matthew twenty seven, nineteen it says, When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. God spoke to Pilate's wife, and she warned Pilate. I wonder how many here today or how many that are listening have a loved one who has spoken to them about Jesus maybe a wife or a husband or a child or a grandparent or a pastor, somebody who's concerned, and they speak to them and they try to reason to, with them about Christ, about considering Jesus. And yet those voices go in and, and ignored, much to the detriment of those who dismiss those voices. Well, Pilate refused to listen to the voice of a loved one, you know, Pilate heard the voice of Jesus himself. John eighteen thirty-seven. Pilate asked Jesus a question. He said, are you really a king? And this was what Jesus said. Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. You might be thinking, you know, I've... I've heard the voice of reason. I've heard others tell me about Jesus, but I've never heard the voice of Jesus himself. Oh, yes, you have. You just heard it. I just read it. Every time we come into God's house and we hear the word of God preached and read, that is the voice of Jesus speaking to every one of us. Well, what will you do? with this Jesus. You know, you can do like Pilate. You can try to ignore the voice of Jesus. Or we can do what the Word of God instructs us to do. Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. John 1, verse 11 and 12 said that Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What will you do with Jesus? It's a personal question. What will you do? How will you answer? You know, the last voice Pilate ignored was the voice of his own conscience. Again. Pilate knew Jesus was an innocent man. Pilate didn't even want to crucify Christ. He had no personal vendetta against Jesus. He knew Jesus was innocent, and he even sought to release Jesus. It tells us that actually, in one place, it says that he sought to release Jesus three separate times. And it tells us in Luke, after he'd examined him, he came back with his verdict. He said, I find no fault in him touching those things. Whereof ye accuse him? Finally, Matthew 27, verse 24 says, When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather that a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Somehow Pilate felt soiled and dirty somehow he felt unclean he knew that what was being done to jesus was wrong and it bothered his conscience but you know no amount of self-justifying self-righteous hand-washing could wash the blood of jesus off Pilate's hands that day and finally in an ultimate act of moral cowardice he turned christ over to be crucified he had to crucify his conscience to crucify christ He thought he could just wash his hands of the whole matter by not saying yes or no, but somehow trying to remain neutral or somehow he could soothe his own conscience. Well, you know, when it comes to that question, what shall I do with Christ? We can't remain neutral. That is not an option the Lord gives us. There is no neutral ground. I remember the story of a man during the Civil War. And he didn't want to fight for the North, and he didn't want to fight for the South. So he came up with a plan. He would wear the breeches of a Union soldier, the blue pants of a Union soldier, and he'd wear the red jacket of a Confederate soldier. And he thought he'd be safe going out in public. The only problem is he got shot at by both sides. You can't remain neutral. You have to make a choice. Either you'll crucify him or crown him, but there's no middle ground. You know, by trying to ignore Jesus, by trying to evade the question, by trying to remain neutral, by trying to put it off, Pilate ended up crucifying Christ. You know, Pilate tried to shift the blame to somebody else or try to shift that decision to somebody else. You know, when he heard that Jesus was a Galilean, he had a thought, well, I'll just send him down there to Herod. Herod, that's his jurisdiction. He rules in Galilee. I'll let him decide what to do with Jesus. Well, he sent him down. What did Herod do? He sent him right back to Pilate. It's like an old pastor said one time, he was reminded of a story of a man who bought a new boomerang and he killed himself trying to throw away the old one because it just kept coming right back on him. Well, that was the thing with Jesus. It kept coming back to Pilate. That question, what shall I do with Jesus? It's a personal question. Nobody else is going to make that decision for us. You know, our sin is personal. But our decision on what we're going to do with Jesus is also a personal one. Says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, the last thing Pilate tried to do, he tried to flatter Jesus. Try to say some nice things about him. Maybe try to give some accolades concerning Jesus or some platitudes. He said he was an innocent man. Certainly wasn't guilty of the things that they were accusing most. Even proclaimed him to be a just man. And yet still somehow he allowed him to be crucified. You know, to try to acknowledge or praise Jesus as anything less than what he claimed to be is to deny him. It's to reject him and to crucify him. Pilate was willing to tip his hat to Jesus, but he wasn't willing to bow his knee to the Lord. And that was the problem. Many people are willing to accept Jesus as a great teacher or a prophet, Yet if they fail to recognize him as the Son of God and the Savior of the world, you know, it makes him a liar. Nothing can be more insulting to the Lord than that. Flattering Jesus is just a more passive, sanitized way of crucifying him. If he isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You know, you can either flatter Christ or you can follow Christ. But whatever your decision, just like Pilate, it's going to affect where you spend eternity. You know, this day that we read about, Jesus stood before Pilate in his judgment hall waiting to be judged. One day, Pilate is going to stand before Jesus to be judged. And Christ is going to hand down his verdict concerning Pilate. One day, every one of us is going to stand before the Lord to be judged. And the decisions we make now will affect us in the life to come. The decision we make concerning Christ. That day, Pilate asked, what shall I do with Jesus? One day, Jesus is going to ask Pilate, what am I going to do with you? You know, it's going to be the same for every one of us. What will the answer be? You know, we know what God wants to do with us. The Bible's very clear. It says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises to us, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The Lord wants nothing more than to spend eternity with every one of us. He loved us enough to give his life on that cross, to pay that ultimate sacrifice, to bleed and die and shed his blood for us because he loves us. And he holds out that offer to every one of us today. What will you do with Christ? You know, the Lord extends an invitation and also a challenge. The Bible says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Second Corinthians six two says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The invitation is being extended. The price is paid. What are you going to do with Jesus? You know, the Bible tells us that Christ also shed his blood that we might be sanctified. It says that Christ, willing to sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Shed his blood, you might be sanctified. What will you do with Jesus? The Lord When he gave his life up on that cross and he gave up the ghost, it says that the veil of the temple was rent in twain, giving us access to the Holy of Holies. When Jesus went away, he said, "I." he promised he would send a comforter, the Holy Spirit. Christ purchased that for us on the cross. What will you do with Jesus today? The choice is yours, but the good news is you have one more opportunity. Avail yourself of the opportunity to come and pray whatever you need from the Lord. Open your heart to him. Say, Lord, I accept that gift of salvation, that sacrifice, Lord. I I want to avail myself of this opportunity. If you do that, God will bless you. And we're going to sing 482. Let's come and seek the Lord today.